Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. I'm going to con- uh, con- conclude a series that I began uh, uh, the first of this month, I believe, called Expansion is Coming. Everyone say, Expansion is Coming. The question is, are you ready? Everyone say, are you ready? Amen. I'll never forget yeah, a number of years ago, Beverly and I, when we first moved to town, we purchased a little home that uh, needed some expansion, really, for us to uh, to uh, uh, be able to accommodate our kids. Uh, and so we, we I s- developed a system and a plan and, and we got our, you know, all things together and it was going to take a while with a lot of construction and issues uh, while we lived there. And, and we had to ask ourselves, are we ready for this? Uh, and we looked at each other and said, no, we're not ready. Uh, we just need to b- uh, rent this house and buy a different one. <laughs> so we did that. And that's been a blessing. But uh, I remember you have to really count the cost when you think about an expansion. But I'm talking about an expansion in the kingdom of God. And when I was in Africa four or five weeks ago, talking with our longtime missionary, David Hadley, you saw him in the picture just a few moments ago. He began to share about a prophetic word he got about the ministry that he was involved in. Uh, and he, he gave me the gist of it and we sat and talked about it and it just jumped off on me. Have you ever been around uh, uh, people of the word and, uh, and when they began to share, it just gets off on me. It got off on me and I began to m- meditate and ponder it and it began to become real to me. And here is the gist of what he said the Lord spoke to him that I reached out and claimed for us. Now you can say, Pastor, I don't know if you can do that. Well, uh, I did. So if I'm wrong, God help us. But I really sense this in my heart that I witnessed with it, that it was for us as well. And here it is. And this is what's begun to happen in David and Jennifer's ministry in Christ, uh, uh, Christian ministries in Africa. And here's the prophetic word. There's coming a season of supernatural expansion. What used to take years to accomplish may only take months. My dividends from years of sowing, from your years of sowing and serving and supporting God's kingdom are about to mature. Expansion is coming. Prepare your house for the increase. Ready your heart for the harvest. Expansion is coming, says the Lord. How many of you think that would, that would work for us too? Amen. I really believe that and I witness to that in my spirit. And of course, when I, when I began to hear what he was saying and then when I began to hear what I believe the Holy Spirit was saying to us, uh, I was reminded of Isaiah 54 that says this, Sing, O barren one, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored for child or with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married, says the Lord, married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Somebody say, do not spare. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And everybody said... Amen. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you that it will bring forth much fruit in our life. And Lord, help us prepare our hearts for the kingdom expansion that you have in our families and in our churches, in our communities and around this world for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, when I read this passage of scripture and when I think of the prophetic word of the Lord uh, over our church, I realize uh, one thing. That, that expansion always requires preparation. 
It really does. It requires us to be prepared for what God has for us to do. And I'm convinced that many times because of a lack of preparation, we miss God's best for our lives. I want to be ready for what all God has for me. Amen. Look at three people and touch them on the shoulder, slap them on the shoulder, whatever you want to do and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Jeremy, you got the report here. I'm, uh, before we get started, I'll just throw this out. You, didn't you write it down for the big review? We uh, collected $533 towards the $533. <laughs> Wait, that's 60, 60, 60, $67. $67. We can't get out without it. So, all right, don't forget. Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. We got to get ready for what God's wanting to do. Amen. And so we've been talking about that. We've just got to ask ourselves, are we ready? And so I've shared with you four things that we've got to have an increase of in our life that I see from Isaiah 54. If we're going to be ready for what God wants to do uh, in our lives, in our families, in our church and around the world, the first one is we've got to have an increase of flexibility. We've got to be flexible. That's the quality of bend, bending, but not breaking. It says, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Everybody go, stretch. How many of you know you've got to be flexible in the hands of God? You've got to be willing to let God change some things in your life. You see, the God who never changes is always busy about the business of changing some things. And you know what? To get us ready uh, for the new thing that God has for us, there's some things that will have to change. And if, if things are going to change in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds and our attitudes and our churches, we've got to be flexible. And so we talked about that. And then we talked about an increase of capability. It says we've got to enlarge the place of our tent. We've got to be more capable to handle the harvest that God God's bringing in our life. And I kind of gave you a twofold thought that God has made us able. Everyone say we are able. There's some abilities that are within us. All of us have uh, gifts and abilities, but where our gifts and abilities run out, that's when the capability of God shows up. In fact, he loves to show up in the middle of your limitations. And so we've got to understand there's no excuse. Some people say, well, I can't do that because I'm not capable. Uh, how many of you know uh, Moses said, I can't, can't do, do that. I, I stutter a lot. And God said, I'll show up in the middle of it. In fact, I made you that way so I'd get all the glory. I made you with limitations. And so, hey, we are without excuse. But God wants us to increase our capability and enlarge the place of our tent. And then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about visibility, the capacity to see beyond the moment and began to have a big picture perspective and see what God is wanting to do. And as I read Isaiah 54, and it said, more are the children of the barren than the children of the, of, of the, uh, uh, the blessed woman. Uh, it just requires us to be able to see it. It's, it's an increase of visibility in our lives to, to see beyond what we see with our natural eyes. And so that's where we've been. And so this morning, I want to conclude this series talking about uh, another kingdom expanding requirement that we must be prepared. We must be pre- prepared with an in- increase of stability. Because it says here in Isaiah 54, verse 2, it says, strengthen thy stakes. Now, any, any campers here? I'm not a camper. Well, we used to camp. My, I'll never forget my dad. You know, in fact, I talked to Larbeth about this. You know, when Christmas time came around, the only thing you had a chance to look through was the what? Sears and Roebuck catalog. Man, that was like, and when the Christmas edition came out, oh my gosh. You know, you mark and circle. Uh, and so my dad ordered out of the 
Sears and Roebuck catalog a tent and we went camping and we learned how to camp and I'll never forget setting it out in the stakes and, 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 and sometimes the wind would blow and if those stakes weren't good and deep, it'd blow the tent down. Uh, how many of you know that the illustration here, he says, strengthen thy stakes. He's talking about those things that, that hold us secure and stable. And the word strengthen means to fasten, seize, be strong, be courageous. We need all that stuff to expand God's kingdom around the world. We need some courageous, strong, mighty men and women of God who have, have developed a lifestyle of stability in their life where no, no matter what comes, they stand strong in the face of adversity. How many of you know expansion always uh, uh, precedes, uh, ad, uh, or uh, pardon me, adversity always precedes expansion. It's, it's a stressful time. And so God wants us to be able to stand strong and strengthen our stakes. Now, let me just kind of throw out this thought with you just for a moment. Uh, expansion always requires an undergirding and a reinforcing of the foundation prior to an addition. It always requires an undergirding of the foundation. And so we want to ask ourselves this morning, what's the source of our strength and stability? How are we standing in the face of adversity? Have we, have we built a strong foundation of faith in our life? What's the source? Somebody say, what's the source of our strength and stability? He's our source. And from Genesis to Revelation, we find that. Let me just, let me just throw out some verses for you quickly to just validate for you that, hey, he's here to strengthen us and to stabilize us. Exodus 15, the song of Moses and Miriam says this, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he's thrown into the sea. This is the song they sang after the miraculous deliverance from the Egyptians there at the Red Sea. He said, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider have, he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. And he has become my salvation. You see, the children of Israel learned right off the bat, right out of the blocks, if you will. He, the Lord is our strength. He's the one we stand on. The Lord is our strength and our song. I love the Psalm. Psalms 18, David said this, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my deliverer, my strength in whom I will trust. Wow. Then he said this in Psalm 73, verse 26, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I love the Lord. Somebody say, I love the Lord. Man, thank God for who we have in Christ who we have in, in our Father God. And then I love what Paul said in Ephesians 6 verse 10 in reference to the source of our strength and our stability in the face of adversity that we must, must have in order to expand God's kingdom around the world and in our lives. Paul said this, Finally, my brethren, be strong where? In the Lord and in the power of His might. How many of you know He's strong enough? Amen. And so he is the source of our strength. He is the source of our stability. And we must build our lives upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and realize that he is the rock of our salvation. And we build our lives, as Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, not on wood, hay, and stubble, but, uh, but on the firm foundation and the precious things uh, that God has for us. Amen. And so he's our source. Tell somebody he's the source of our strength and stability. 
He really is. And we've got to understand that. We've got to learn to tap into the source and supply of God uh, in order for that stability to be made more manifest and the strength of God to be realized in our life. Now, how many of you know what a steward is? Someone who tends to and takes care of that which is another person's. And so we've learned already from the source that, hey, our strength is found in him. Everyone say in him. That's where we find our strength and our stability. If you're lacking strength and stability, you are not resting in him. If you get in him, it's just like, it's just like the surgeon's glove. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The little glove has no power. But when the hand gets inside it, it takes upon it the, the capacity of the surgeon. That's the way our lives need to be. We need to be in him and he needs to be in us. And we've got to become good stewards. Now, here's where I want to jump on this morning and just get us to understand. As I look at the Isaiah 54 passage... I realized something about this expansion. It's not about us. It's about others. It's always about others. And we've got to be good stewards of God's strength and stability in our lives. You see, God wants to stabilize you, just not so you'll survive the storm, but for the purpose of helping others through the storm. Are you with me? And so that's the focus of what I want to share with you today as we think about God's plan and purpose for our life. It's based upon reaching others. And I think of Jesus Christ. How many of you appreciate the role model of Jesus Christ? What a model we have in his purpose and plan to reach others. It's for the purpose of reaching, everyone say others. It's about others. And Jesus was a great role model for us to follow. Uh, Jesus' purpose, uh, according to Luke 19.10, says, For the Son of Man has come to do what? Uh, Come on, say it out loud. The Son of Man has come but for to seek and to save that which is lost. That's the purpose of God. That's why Christ came. He's a good steward of what Christ has given. I may even know Jesus tapped into and relied upon the strength and the stability of his relationship with his father God. We see it throughout his life on planet earth. And his purpose was for the sake of others. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Who here appreciates the purpose of Christ in your life? We'd be on our way to a devil's hell in a hurry without his mercy and grace. As Kobe said, hey, we we are born again, not by works, which we have done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, thank God for the purpose of Christ. It was about others. He wanted to expand God, his father's kingdom throughout the earth. His plan was to expand throughout the earth. In fact, Matthew 24, he talks about the ends of the age and his, and his plan was this, to reach the whole world for Christ. Amen. That's what we try to do. And that's what the call of God is on our life, to reach our world for Christ. Matthew 24, 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world. That's Jesus' plan. For the whole world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And someone said this once, why should some people have the opportunity to hear God's word once until, every, uh, twice until everybody's at least heard it once? 
It's the plan of God. In fact, I love what the gospel says for us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It's the great what? The great commission. And Jesus, when he left planet Earth, his plan did not change, did it? His plan was to continue to reach the world. And that's why he told us, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. I heard a testimony the other day from a preacher friend of mine. He's trying to establish his church in a new level of discipleship. And they're kind of gotten away from that. And so he's talking about the Great Commission. And he says, we've got to disciple our people. Our people need to be disciples. And one of the old cronies in the crowd said, discipleship, huh? We tried that in the 80s and it didn't work. Oh, we tried the Great Commission and it didn't work. How many of you know God's plan has never changed? Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of how many nations? All nations. His plan has never changed. And so we've got to realize that we've got to be good stewards of God's strength and grace and capacity and, 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 and blessing in our life. And we've got to follow the model of Christ and realize his purpose was for others and his plan was for us to take a hold of his purpose. Amen. And then Jesus' path. I love to look at the life of Christ and see what he did on planet earth because if we could model what he did on earth, we could change the world around us. He was a good steward of God's purpose in the earth. And he modeled three important components of kingdom expansion and of reaching this world for Christ. That's what it's all about, reaching others, amen? Everybody reach out. Everybody just reach out. It's, it's about reaching out for others. Let me share with you these, this three-part component that I see operating in the life of Christ. Number one, he was willing to reach up. He had upreach. You look at the life of Christ, he was always praying and talking to his father. He would rise a great while of, uh, before day and there he would pray and the disciples began to see the power of his upreach and they saw that when he would, he would pray into the night and then get up a great while before day and then he would walk through his day and great power and authority and, and, and ministry and kingdom expansion would take place. The disciples went, oh, light come on. Oh Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus, his plan or the path of, of reaching the world was to maintain an upreach. Everyone say upreach. Number two was inreach. He was always reaching in to the, to the brothers and reaching into the disciples and reaching into their hearts and ministering. You find Christ throughout his earthly ministry, teaching and ministering and fellowshipping with his disciples. In fact, there were times when he sent the masses away. He just needed to be with the family. He, was, he realized the power and the necessity of relationships and building kingdom relationships. With the, hey, that's called the church. In fact, what did he tell his disciples? He said, he said, guess what? I'm building my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus had a great capacity for upreach. While he was on planet earth and while he was here, he had a great capacity of inreach. I love how he reached into the lives of people. I think of Peter there in the boat and Jesus looked at him. He said, Peter, if you'll just follow me. You know, how the you know how the first way he got Peter to follow him? He got into his boat. And you follow that model, you get into other people's boat and they begin to hear what you have to say. 
He said, if you'll just follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He was always reaching in. And then he reached into their lives. And even when they left him, he came walking back into their lives. And he reached into their lives. Even though they had forsaken him, he walked back into their lives again and again and again. But number three, he had outreach. He was reaching out beyond the four walls of his comfort zone. He had great outreach and he was always preaching to the masses and and reaching out to the masses. And then as we read earlier, he told us, go into all the world. You see, that's a great model for all of us to follow. If we're going to reach others and the kingdom is going to be expanded, we've got to strengthen our upreach. We've got to strengthen our inreach. And we've got to strengthen our outreach. Let me talk about those for just a moment. Strengthening our upreach. Let me give you two thoughts today. The first one, as Jesus did, we've got to begin to reach up to God in prayer. We've got to reach out to Him. Because His hand is not short that it cannot save. And I'm telling you something today. I just came from a missions conference. And this little church up in Hayward and another church in Shell Lake... These people are prayer warriors. They pray for their missionaries. Someone might think, oh, well, we're praying for our missionaries again. Oh, you betcha. We believe the power of prayer. And and prayer changes things on planet Earth. And you and I need to realize that. We look at the world around us and we complain and we murmur and we wonder, what's going on? Listen, we've got to reach up to God in prayer. If we're going to ever reach our world, we've got to reach God first. You can't talk to men about God until you've talked to God about men. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray. In fact, I love what Paul told Timothy. He said this in 1 Timothy 2.8. He said, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I desire that men, let me throw women. Hey, I don't know why he said men there. Uh, maybe it's because men don't pray as good as women most of the time. You never hear, oh, oh, did you hear about that praying man? You hear about them praying grannies? We need some praying men. How many of you ladies would like some praying men? Some of you did. Some of you ladies did. Let me try that again. How many of you ladies would like some praying men? Woo! Who lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting, who are seeking the face of God. Listen, we've got to strengthen our upreach. We'll never outreach till we get reach up. We've got to reach up to God in prayer. And number two, we've got to reach up to God in praise and begin to saturate the atmosphere with faith. Listen, some of us have been saturating the atmosphere with all kinds of bad things, with worry and fear and doubt. It's time we saturate the atmosphere with faith. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, begin your prayer time with praise and thanksgiving to God. Praise is the language of faith. We've got to strengthen our upreach. It's time for the church to begin to pray like never before. Hey, if we want expansion to come, we've got to get our upreach straightened out. We've got to get our relationship with Christ on track. We reach up in prayer. We reach up in praise. And reaching up, listen to this carefully. When we do that, we strengthen our upreach. It will bring us to a place where we must strengthen our inreach. We've got to strengthen our inreach, number two. And that, how do we do that? We, we reach into God's Word in our life. Whew. How many of you know the Word of God is the foundation of our soul? And we minister from the foundation of God's Word in our life. 
We've got to strengthen our inreach. We've got to reach into the word. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers. I'm telling you, we've got to get the word of God down deep. We've got to reach down into the word and begin to apply it into our life. We've got to reach in. And then number two, we've got to reach into the family of God. Ephesians 2.19 says this. It says, we're members of God's family. We're no longer strangers and aliens, but we're members of a new family. We gotta get into the family. We gotta plug into the family of faith. Listen, two are better than one and a threefold cord's not easily broken. It's community we're talking about. In fact, last Wednesday night, we talked about the power of, or Wednesday week ago, we talked about the community unity and the power of the community in our family, the family of faith and how when we come together, that hey, no demon, devil in hell can stop us. Somebody say amen. Jesus had great upreach, but he also had great inreach. We've got to strengthen our inreach into the word of God. Listen, we can, we can never change the world uh, with God's word until the word of God has changed us. And we can never change the world until we realize the reality that together we can do great things. Mother Teresa said this. She said, uh, she said uh, I can do what you cannot do. You can do what I cannot do, but together we can do great things. God's a God of togetherness. He's not an isolationist. In fact, I, I shared this with you uh, before. He who isolates himself, Proverbs 18.1, seeks his own desire and he rages against all sound judgment. Listen, if we're going to expand the kingdom of God, we've got to expand our stability. We've got to expand the foundation of our life and realize, hey, that God is the source of our strength, but the source of our strength is for the purpose of others. So therefore, we've got to have a stronger uh, upreach. We've got to have a stronger inreach so we can thus and thereby have a stronger outreach to make a bigger difference in the world. And I know most of you are not thinking about the new year yet. You're still trying to figure out how you're gonna get everything you need to get done before the end of this year. But let me tell you something, I'm stirring in my, in my spiritual stew pipe, if you will, or stew pot, the reality that in 2014, we need a much stronger outreach. Reaching out, not just to go out and, and help somebody get here and help somebody do that. We do that pretty good. But listen, we've got to reach out to them with the good news of Jesus Christ. We've got to strengthen our outreach. Jesus was always reaching out. Let me give you two thoughts today. Number one, we've got to reach out and regain a heavenly perspective. Let me just stop and tell you a story. Last week when I was in Wisconsin, my friend Tim Warner the week before, his 90-something year old godly mother passed away. And I knew there was a long history and heritage in, in his life because I'd interacted with him. And, and I heard a story 
that rocked my world. And it was the story of Tim's dad in the early 30s. He was walking down a little story. You just got to get the picture. The early 30s, get the picture. He was walking down the little street. There was a little storefront mission. And in that storefront mission were some little missionary ladies. They were singing an old hymn. Now, everyone say old hymn. And the old hymn was, Ye the pearly gates will open. Everyone say, ye the pearly gates will open. Now, time out on the story. Here's my issue. Our culture today in the kingdom culture has lost the understanding of eternity. We can't, we think of heaven, we go, oh yeah, yeah. Listen, heaven is real. But somehow in our culture today, it's all about the here and now. And I've said it over and over, I'm going to say it again. Planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you will, I will ever live anywhere. And we've got to regain that reality and reach out and regain a heavenly perspective. And Tim Warner's daddy was walking down, this before Tim was ever born, of course, walking down this street. And here's these little ladies. I can just hear it. They're best little harmony. You ever heard three or four little ladies singing in harmony together? I can't. I can remember it. Ye the pearly gates will open. And as he walked past there, the message of eternity gripped his heart. And as he walked past the little mission and he realized, ye the, God, pearly gate, heaven, the Holy Ghost gripped his heart. And he turned back and he walked into that little mission. And those little ladies led him to Christ because they had a heavenly perspective that exuded from their very person in their life and their ministry. That heaven is real and we're on our way to heaven and this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. He gave his life to Christ and from that little walk by moment when a young man heard about heaven he gripped his heart and he gave his life to Christ and from that day until now churches have been born missionaries sent around the world lives transformed and changed and I saw them one by one come through the doors of that funeral when we went to the funeral of this little woman whose family, because of her husband's connection to eternity, they testified as to how God had made a difference in their life. Thank God for some little women who had a heavenly perspective. The world was changed. And so let me say to you, we've got to reach out and regain a heavenly perspective. You know what we spend most of our time doing? Getting everything on earth just the way we want it. Am I right? I got to get it all. I got to get all I can and can the rest. I got to get it while I can. You know, this is where, hey, hey, listen, understand something. This world will all melt with a fervent heat. 
And it's about eternity. And if we're going to strengthen our outreach, we've got to come to a pl- an understanding. And as James said in James chapter 4, he said this. He said, our lives are but a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Our life on planet earth is but a vapor in the face of eternity. Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 5 verse uh, 16 or maybe it should be verse 18. He said, redeeming the time for the days are evil. We've got to make most, listen, we've got to be good stewards of this strength and stability that God has given us. And one of the big ways we do that is by redeeming the time and being good stewards of the time he's given us on planet earth. Little uh, sister Warren, Warner, who passed away, she had 90 something years, but it was just a vapor. We've got to redeem the time and regain a perspective of eternity. Reach out and regain a heavenly perspective. And number two, we've got to reach out and regain our heavenly purpose. We have a heavenly purpose and that is to know Him and to make Him known. To know Him and to make Him known. Nothing more and nothing less. I love what Paul told Timothy. We'll be looking at this tonight in our series on learning to lead through desperate, despairing days. Paul says this, I charge you therefore, Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Catch this. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up on themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. That's our purpose. You know, the interesting thing about Timothy, he was not an evangelist. Paul said, you've got to do the work of one. That's our job. If we're going to reach out, we've got to reach up. We've got to reach in. And we've got to reach out and regain a heavenly perspective and regain our heavenly purpose. And that is to know him and make him known. I sang it as a little boy. I didn't know what I was singing. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. Probably. No. And today I came to tell you that we've got to be good stewards of all that God has given us. You see, understand something. And you can tweet this if you like, if, there's a, if you're a 
if you're a Twitter fan, you can tweet thou this. Everybody say, tweet thou this. Here it is. We build our lives on the firm foundation of Christ, not just to survive the storm, but to save others from the storm. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. The last days, time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Verse 5, endure afflictions. Fulfill your ministry. Could I tell you today, in light of eternity, we live, we're living in the last days. And the storms, they are raging. God's called, called us and He's brought us here, not just to reach up to Him. A lot of churches are pretty good at reaching up. Whoo, man, we have great church. And then pretty good at reaching in. Oh, we had a great fellowship tonight. Didn't y'all enjoy it? But all that is for the purpose of being able to reach out. Let's stand together today. Father, today we thank you for the footsteps of Jesus. Let us walk in his footsteps. And we know if we walk in his footsteps, we'll tap into the strength and stability that has been provided us from above. And Father, if we follow the model, we'll begin to reach up, reach in, and reach out. Father, we thank you for eternity. And we pray today that you would stir our hearts to the place where we realize that it's not just about us, but it's about others. You saved us. You seated us. And you set us next to you, seated with Christ in heavenly places. Give us strength and power and authority. Not just to be secure. But to reach out and save those and help those who are storm-tossed in life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never allowed Him to be the Lord and the leader of your life. Today is your day. You see, He did come to seek and to save you. And if you're here today and you can say, Pastor Sam, I just don't know. I'm not sure if I belong to Him. I'm not sure if I'm on my way to heaven today. I'm just not sure if I have Jesus in my heart. Today you can get that settled. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray for you today. 
And I'm going to ask Christ to speak to you. And if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I just want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart, that I'm on my way to heaven, that he is mine and I am his. And and if you would lead me in a prayer, I'll pray this prayer with you because I want to know that I know that I know him. If that's you today, wherever you are in this room, lift your hand up quickly and say, that's me, Pastor. I just want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. I see that hand, sir. Someone else. God bless you. I I see that hand. Somebody else. I just want to know for sure. I want to get it settled today if you get it settled you'll be settled anyone else lift your hand say that's me pastor let me ask one more question if you're here today and you said pastor I know I'm a Christian I know I belong to Christ I've been saved I've been born again but I'm not really walking with him the way I know he does I'm out from under his primary purpose for my life I've been living life on my own terms and today I want to turn to him and let him be the Lord and the leader of my life if that's you lift your hand wherever you are and I believe there's a number God bless you God bless you I see hands going God bless you God bless you God bless you. You can put your hands back down. Father, today you saw these hands. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come and scatter out across the front of this altar. Lord, as as we come to the the close of this service today, may it be, be the beginning of a new life for many. As we're closing out this chapter of this day's ministry, Lord, let a new chapter be birthed in the hearts of each of us and especially those who lifted their hands today. Lord, I pray for them that you would just help them begin to walk through the door. For Lord, you're opening the door. You're knocking on the door. Let them open the door. And Lord, let them uh, invite you into their life today and get it settled. Now, everyone here together, as we're bowing before God, I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer. And if you lifted your hand for either of those reasons, I want you, along with everyone else, to pray this prayer today. And let's get this settled today in Jesus' name. Everyone pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me on a cross, for paying for my sin with your blood. I believe that today. I receive that today. And I trust in that today. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you rose again the third day so I too could have a new life in you. I believe you. I trust you. I give my life to you. And I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my leader from this day forward. From this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray for your glory and honor. And I thank you today that because of the the word of the Lord, I am now saved and I belong to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord Jesus a great big clap offering of praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen very carefully. We're about close. We're about to close. And actually, I got four minutes. Listen carefully. If you prayed that prayer today, the Bible says if we confess him before men, he'll confess us before our Father. If you lifted your hand and said, I want to know for sure. When we close out this service, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you rather than walk that way, you go this way. And if there's somebody with you.